Good evening. My name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this evening's class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. 
This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given into salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Sharon Lewis. Our scripture lesson this evening will be Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Paula Brown.
I would like to say good evening to the class and let us bow our hearts and our minds in a moment of prayer and ask once again to our heavenly father, Yahweh, through his son, Yahshua, the Messiah, to grant us the peace and safety, the knowledge of him in these last days. We pray that he keeps us grounded, that he keeps us um, fervent and trying to learn and understand as much as we can in these trying times. We want to thank him for his mercy and all things that he's done, all things that we see that he will continue to do. We ask for his the peace in Yahshua the Messiah and that we will be able to continue on to the final conclusion, which is uh, eternal life with him. All these and more we ask in the name of Yahshua, let us all say hallelujah. 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 The scripture lesson today is Matthew the 22nd verse, chapter, excuse me. I'll be reading out of the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testament revised by A.B. Trainer, the Scripture Research Association. And that's Matthew the 22nd chapter. And Yahshua answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings, are killed and all things are ready to come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servant and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which are, excuse me, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bade to the marriage, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bide, bide him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Rabbi, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of Elohim in truth neither careless though for any man 
for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore, what thick thinkest thou? It, is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Yahshua perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and subscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then say he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto Yahweh the things that are Yahweh's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and loved him and went their way. And the same day came to him the Sadducees, which said that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Rabbi, Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seventh? For they all had her. Yahshua answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of Yahweh. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. But as touching the res resurrection of the dead, had ye not read that which was spoken unto you by Elohim, saying, I am the Elohim of Abraham, and the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. Elohim is not the Elohim of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Rabbi, which is the great, which is the great commandment in the law? Yahshua said unto him, Thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment of the whole law. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, Hey, all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Yahshua asked them, saying, What think ye of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him the Lord, saying, Yahweh said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Eloah, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither dress any man from, the, from that day forth ask him any more questions. And that was Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Hallelujah. And I'd like to say good evening to the class once again. 
Our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Felicia Hamilton and Dr. Paula Brown. And for our first speaker, I'm happy to call on from the Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. April Lewis. Good evening, class. Good evening. Uh, it's a pleasure to um, be able to uh, be on Zoom tonight. And uh, I will apologize for my background ahead of time. <laughs> um, wow, I guess I'll get right into it. Um, I want to first say that uh, this is a school. And, um, and not a church. And um, we are not affiliated with any religious organizations. And uh, we come down here and um, Yahshua has called us down here to um, learn of him as he really is and actually exists. And um, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> so let's get, um, excuse me. Come here. Let's get, um, John 17 and one. <laughs> That's John 17 and one. Before you get that, I just want to say that mm -hmm. the purpose of us coming down here and we come down here, you know, we were taught in the world that we had to do all of these physical things of ways of worship to worship the creator. But when we come down here and we learn that that is not so, See, now you have to know, and, and prior to getting the understanding of Yahshua, you know, we aired, you know, in the scriptures, we had no idea what those scriptures were saying because we, we thought they was talking about us. And um, what this school and what this gospel has done, it has, um, it has changed our carnal way of thinking. So spirit is a spiritual and a psychological operation that's taking place. Mm -hmm. I also want you to get volume one, I believe it's the introduction. It's a couple spots I want you to read, but get John 17 and one, please. Okay, that's John 17 and one. Mm -hmm. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thou, son, also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might wow. know thee. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Sorry. We didn't know, I didn't even know what, what eternal life was until it was explained to me. <laughs> You know, but so we come down here and we learn what eternal life is. And it's always been written right there in the Bible. But the way that we was thinking prior to having an understanding of our creator, it was um, incorrect. So what Yahshua has done, he has completely just snatched us out of the world and has caused us to um, pay attention to what's being said. It caused us to um, get an understanding. He has caused us to make us believe this gospel. And I'm so grateful for that. But continue reading that. So to know eternal life is to know what? That 
thou art the only true Elohim and Yahshua, the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. See, you have to know that. You have to know that because, like I said, before having the knowledge of Yahweh, we did not know that. And, you know, the world teaches a, a trinity, but right, just right there, it proves that he is a unity. He's a unity. So we have to know, repeat um, verse three again, please. And this is life eternal, mm -hmm. that they might know thee, mm -hmm. thou only art the true El, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. You have to know, you have to know that thou art only the true El. See, Yahweh, we come down here and we learn that Yahweh is pure spirit. So we can't discern him with our five physical senses. So what he did, he took on a shape and form as Elohim. It's a super incorporeal form. It's a, um, a, a body. You know, we can read that over in Exodus and, and you can get that. But he, he, he took on that shape and form with the word or son. That's Elohim. And then he broke himself down further into a physical body, a specially prepared body. Yahshua, the Messiah, the savior of the whole creation of the whole world. So that's what, that's what we learned down here. We learned the name, we learned the purpose, the fulfillment. See, he came and he said he comes to fulfill, but I don't want to jump ahead. So we come down here and we learn what eternal life is. And in order to have that, you must, you have to know what it is first. You know, you have to know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists you have to know that these three are one it's only one Yahweh so what happens is you know I used to always think as a child growing up in church I would think you know when when, when the people get the Holy Ghost they flopping jumping hopping screaming punching people running around the whole church and I said do I want the Holy Spirit I don't know about that because how it was portrayed to me. But coming down here, see now this is the true gospel that's being preached. So in order for you to get the Holy Spirit, you have to have a knowledge and an understanding of your creator because that's what that is. You know, you have to come down here and know that he is intelligence. He doesn't just possess those things, but that's what he is. You have to know that he is, thank you, wisdom. You see those nine divine attributes right there. So he's spirit. So he took on that shape and form. You know, that's pure intelligence. This is just a beautiful thing what he has done. So we come down here and we learn that. Let's, let's read that. Let's get volume one. I believe this, um, it may be right before the introduction, but um, I want where he talks about what this teaching does to the mind. Um, I'll do a word search where um, put so, in um, um so he says I, I should have just gotten my book it's a lot going on in this house that's okay <laughs> so he talks about it us uh, right at the beginning okay um, you're talking about um, this great and powerful psychological experience revealed no, let's say, no. Um, okay. so this is the very beginning the sum total Okay, I don't, I don't have my, uh, my book. Okay, you know what? Let me, let me do this. Okay. 
Um, I'll just just give me a second. I know we have other You're other good. speakers, and I know it's a limited amount of time. You know, you, that's why we always tell everybody you gotta come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like the best. This is the the perfect. It's like the best love story. It's amazing what we learn. Mm -hmm. So it may not be in the introduction. So let me um just real quick because you know we have to prove all things. That's and okay. I, want, I want you all, I don't know if it's any, you know, returning visitors. I know we had some first-time visitors the other day. Um, but I just want to want you all to see what this teaching does, because there's no point of continuing to come down here. You have no idea what's going on, <laughs> you know? So it, it, oh, you know what? That may be the spot. Um, let's just start right there. Let's read. Volume one, introduction. And um, wow, it's crazy how I do not. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, no, no. I don't see what I'm looking for. But the point is, I don't want to take up too much time. You can go back and you can read this. But the point is that it's a psychological and a spiritual operation that's taking place. That's where Yahshua or Yahweh deals with you right in your heart and in your mind. And um, I don't know if people come in, they're they looking for something else, but it, he deals right with that inner man, you know, and that's what's being changed. That, that our carnal way of thinking is being transformed or changed into the spiritual way of thinking because that's the reality of the thing. So... You don't have to get that, but I do want you to read the last paragraph. You know what? It was in, uh, stay where you're at. It is page one, volume one, the very last. Um, wow, I cannot find what I need. Okay, yeah, read um, volume one, page one, the last paragraph, please. It is quite apparent. Yeah. Got it, Paula. Yep. It is quite apparent that you probably will note many statements herein, which you shall feel are entirely out of harmony with the general theological concept conceptions displaying the symbolists of the cold-blooded sacrilegious attitude. See now. It's, it's great how Yahweh has set these classes up because we can listen to other speakers. We can, you know, go over down South, listen to what they talking about, <laughs> go, you know, over California, New York. It's just great how we can do that. And, and we're all on one accord. You know what I mean? Because we understand, you know, we're part of Yahweh's body and we have to be on one accord. So what this is saying right here is that you know how the world teaches us all of these physical things that we have to do for salvation but what we're saying and that we know that is true and can be proven is that Yahshua fulfilled those things he came in and fulfilled those things so us telling people out in the world you don't have to get baptized because he fulfilled it that's that sounds crazy to them that's sounding like we're you know it's sacrilegious like we're not you know following the rules or the law but we know the, the, the purpose of Yahshua. He said he came to fulfill 
not institute. So finish that paragraph. And I do want to get a couple scriptures um, about the fulfillment. And I want to um, just talk about a couple of other things and then I'll be down. So finish that paragraph, please. This is not true. Ne nevertheless, we must for our own eternal welfare, regardless of our present so-called church affiliation, keep an open mind to, pro to proven facts, which Satan, the adversary who was created to oppose the truth. Okay, stop, because I'm going to interrupt you. Um, these sentences are long and they have to be explained. <laughs> See, so that next sentence is, this is not- April. Her. April. Yes, Pedro. This, this is Pedro. Uh, could you ask the reader to slow it down when she reads? Go kind of take it word by word so that we can get the get the understanding a little bit clearer. Yeah, I'm sure. She heard you. You heard him, Paula. Yes, I sure <laughs> did, Pedro. Thank you. Okay, continue. <laughs> Thank you, Pedro. Okay, I'm going to start that one over. Yes. This is not true. Yes. Nevertheless, we must, for our own eternal welfare, regardless of our present so-called church affiliation. Pause. So we must, for our own eternal welfare. See, every tub must sit on its own bottom. Right. For our own eternal welfare, regardless of our present so-called church affiliations. I was taught that you have to get baptized. And I'm just, I, wow. You have to get baptized. You have to, you know, um, um, take the Lord's Supper. You have to get 10% of your earnings. You have to do this, give the pastor that, do this, do that. It was tiresome. It was a burden. It was out of harmony with what Yahshua said he came to do. So what we was doing was just showing him he, he wasn't good enough. He said, I came to fulfill and period, period. We must understand that we have been crafted in. Nothing that we can do. Continue, please. Keep an open mind to proven facts. We must keep an open mind to proven facts. I got on late Sunday, but Dr. Dorian Lewis, he said, now one thing is for sure about everybody on this Zoom call. You all was born of a woman. That is mm -hmm. fact. Mm -hmm. So what we come to tell you all of what we have learned about our creator, we can prove it to you and we can give you the sources where you can find these things at. And you know what? You don't even, don't even look in a book. Look at yourself. Because we come down here and we learn that Yahshua, everything in this creation, the moderator, which is really the first speaker, told you that everything in the universe goes by a pattern and that pattern is Elohim so us everything that he created is his offspring everything must resemble him I was showing me and my husband's friend at work I was showing him a picture of our baby he said oh April he looked just like his daddy <laughs> he said you know what 
everything. See, now our son is our offspring. He must resemble us. He better. <laughs> he better. And it's that way because how Yahweh is. My father-in-law, I'm sorry, Dr. Marvin Lewis always talks about philoprogenitiveness. It's a beautiful thing. Continue reading that, please. Keep an open mind to proven facts, uh -huh. which Satan, the adversary, who was created to oppose the truth. See, now it says to keep an open mind of proven facts. So regardless of what you feel and how you, you know, what you thinking or how you feeling today, listen, no, keep an open mind of proven, proven facts. facts. It's just, a, it's just some things you just cannot deny. That's why. I want you to finish this really quickly, but that's why we have Romans 1, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. I don't say nothing new when I get called out. I think I grabbed the same scripture. So grab Romans 1 and 19 for me and finish this. And then um, I can continue, please. Okay. Hmm. Let me go back up. Keep an open mind to proven facts, which mm -hmm. say that the adversary who was created to oppose the truth is always present to influence us in the wrong direction. He is always present. <laughs> it does not matter what you know about Yahshua. He's always present. Mm -hmm. But you have to know, you know, we actually tell Yahshua, put that dog on the leash. <laughs> Please protect us from that, from that adversary. Please. And he has done that. We ask him to continue the prayer. Continue to do that. Pro to protect us and provide for us. But he is always present to influence us. I don't care if it's a, a thought or a deed. He's always there. Continue. Did it ever occur to you that we remain ignorant of attested truth and scientifically proven facts most particularly because we fail to make a personal, detailed investigation of important matters. This you know, and I don't, I want to. I want to get finished with this. I don't want to keep interrupting you, but it's, <laughs> you just have to. <laughs> See, I never. When I first read that, did it ever occur to you that we remain ignorant of attested truth and scientifically proven? Facts. We remain ignorant because we fail to make a personal, detailed investigation. I can tell you something about anything else and you looking for researching it, but then I tell you about your creator and you look and you know, you know how they do us, but that's okay. That's okay. Because I would rather, you know, hey, I, I told my coworker the other day, you give me some proof. I don't care what it is. I need to see the proof. I need, I, we need facts. I need, I, you know what I mean? I can't just continue to just, you know, believe what show me. And you should, you should want that to be shown to you. And one of the pamphlets has said that you should, um, talking about your soul, you know, you, you should care enough to, you know, to know how can you, how, how to be saved? You have a soul that will live on forever. And I still, I'm still trying to grasp my mind around forever. Cause that is forever. <laughs> so what we do now, 
it's, it's going to count later. And that's learning about Yahshua. That's the only reason we were born, to learn about him. Okay, continue, please. This failure to investigate positively retards the progress of our understanding and knowledge in every vocation and phase of life. Both every, every vocation. Mm-hmm. If you do not take a make a personal and detailed investigation of the thing that's what it does it retards the progress of our understanding and knowledge in every vocation and phase of life both physical and spiritual so what this is saying is just pause and think about some things before, and it's gonna, you, I want you to finish this, before mm-hmm. you say yay or nay. That's all we're saying. Continue, please. Sometimes stopping and thinking mm-hmm. for a moment right. over the essential things of life eliminates many regretted years of poverty, mm-hmm. sickness, humiliation, embarrassment, sometimes death and destruction. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we should learn to pause and try to think intelligently before we finally conclude affirmatively or negatively. We should do this before an ultimatum or final decision is rendered on any secular subject. The majority of, of us are, in some extent, guilty of this negligence. Yeah, we all are. We mm-hmm. all have done this. Mm-hmm. So... What this teaching does, what this gospel does, what Yahshua does, right within us, he causes us. So we want to ask him to continue to cause me to just think about it, do my research, and then ask him to show me, because he will. He will. So that's what I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's any returning visitors, but just you know, just pause and just think about some things and just keep an open, I don't, it doesn't even matter if it's any visitors, brethren, <laughs> you know, that's been here for years. We still, he's, this, they talking, it's talk, he's talking to us. We still need to just pause and think about this for a second. Any, anything, because it will eliminate poverty or sickness and humiliation, death and destruction, like this virus that's out now. Some people getting the vaccine some people aren't but it's 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 a it's a it's a fact that if you prevent yourself or you do things to prevent yourself i'm not even okay let's let's not talk about the virus anything you must prevent yourself from from being sick who wants to be sick who wants to be poor you don't have to be these things if you just look take a moment and just think about it and then you can you can keep an open mind. And then you may be able to say, you know what? Hey, okay, yeah, I think differently about that, you know. But we all know and understand that the te- the only teacher down here is Yahshua. So he reveals all things to his sons. That's why it's just so great what he has done. He has opened up my understanding and seeing him. Just, and, and, I mean, every, he's everywhere. He's spirit. 
But like I said, he took on that shape and form. And then he walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah. You got to understand these three are one. Okay, I'm done with that. Um, can you go to the, um, you can go to the name chart, please. So basically, yeah, just keep an open heart and mind. And then just, you have to, you have to look at the things that have been brought before you. Cause it's just, it gets to the point where it's like, we too late in the game to, um, to be doing the, the extra stuff. You believe what Yahweh say and you, and you move on. So we see that Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one, is not a unity. So what he's, what he did, like I said, he is, he operates by a pattern and everything in the universe goes according to this threefold pattern. See, now what you see right here in those boxes, you see most holy place, holy place, court roundabout. You see temple, tabernacle, ark. You see fulfillment, prophecy, and law. See, now it's like that because Yahweh, Yahweh, which is spirit, Elohim, word or son, is like the expression, if you will, of Yahweh. And then you have Yahshua, which is the Holy Spirit. So now this most holy place in the tabernacle that he told man to build out in the wilderness so that he may dwell with us or dwell with them, those were examples to us. I think that's over in Hebrews where it say that these things are Corinthians. These things were examples unto us because we talk about this tabernacle. We talk about the children of Israel. We talk about those things. And you must understand that everything is going according to a pattern. Um, get over there. Um, wow, it's, it's, it's just so much. That's why you, you must come back. So you have, I just want to give a couple examples. You have Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. You see that the, uh, the three things that he told man to build was the temple, the tabernacle, and the ark. You see right there the fulfillment, the prophecy, and the law. See now over in Luke, let's get it. Luke 24 and 44. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not all over the place. It's, it's so much. And I ask Joshua, move me out of the way. <laughs> and um, so something can be said that can just prick somebody's heart and mind to where they're able to learn something, you know. Um, it's just it's a beautiful thing. You can you can it read. is. That's Luke 24 and 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now Yahshua said he came in. Now all things must be fulfilled. Let's get Matthew 3 and 13, please. The world have you thinking that he came in and instituted, but they don't know the things that they're talking about. They was doing that way before Yahshua came on the scene. He didn't, he's, he's coming to fulfill. And we know that fulfill means to end, to stop, to conclude, that's what fulfill means. He came in and he fulfilled it all. That's why there's no longer water baptisms. Why? He did that in fulfillment. Now the world thinks he did it for us to do it, to show us how to do it. 
but he fulfilled those things. That was in the law that was given to the children of Israel that they were Jewish, Hebrew, you know, they was given a law. Yahweh spoke down this law to them. It was not a Gentile in sight. So this physical law always represented something spiritual, but I don't really want to say he had to work up to it, but he had to work up to it because after his death, his burial and his resurrection and outpouring the Holy Spirit, those things was nailed to the cross. Can we get that the, the um, Testament um, chart? The, yeah. So you see on this, on the left side, the Old Testament is fulfilled. So the circumcision, the ceremonies, the baptisms, you know, he says, suffer it to be so now. It, it, let's get that. Let's get Matthew 3 and 13, please. Okay. That's Matthew 3 and 13. Mm-hmm. Then cometh Joshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be immersed of him. Mm-hmm. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. Mm-hmm. And comest thou to me? Right. And so John knew who he was. He said, You I, I need to be baptized of you, and you coming to me? <laughs> okay, continue. And Joshua answering said unto him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to be to fulfill all righteousness, excuse me. Then he permitted him. Yeah, so he said, just suffer it to be so now because we're gonna, I'm gonna fulfill the thing. So when Yahshua did it, 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 it's over, nailed to the cross. See, that ushered in a new age. So like I said, it's a pattern in operation. And every single day, you know, every the way our lives are set up by this pattern. You know, we come down here, we learn what the gospel is because the world teaches that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Jesus came in, tried to institute and you got to live by, but that's not the case. Let's get first uh, Corinthians 15 and one, because we come down here, we learn what the gospel is and how it was, um, and how Yahshua um, fulfilled these things. So let's read that, please. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. Mm-hmm. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. You muted, Felicia. I'm sorry, thank you. I'll start that over. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, mm-hmm. which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, mm-hmm. by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Mm-hmm. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Yahshua died for our sins according to the scriptures. Right. So let's um, let's get that the definition of how. Mm-hmm. It's a it's just a prescribed way to go about the thing. It's just you know you gotta go through a lot to just to explain this. This is just a beautiful thing. He's given us. We are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses to the death the burial and the resurrection of Joshua the Messiah. So he said, how Mm -hmm. he died. 
buried and raised on the third day. So let's get uh, how, and then I'm gonna give some examples and then I'm gonna be down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, and this is from the American Heritage Dictionary, in what manner or way, by what means, in what state or condition, to what extent, amount, or degree, for what reason or purpose, why? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. With what meaning? By what name? By what measure? Mm, mm, mm. That little word means so much. See, by what name? See, because it matters. It, it, it matters what you call them. <laughs> A name matters. I'm not working my 40 hours and your name on my check. I want my money. A name matters. So it said the death the burial, the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, how he did that. He is showing us something. When we go to bed, we're sleeping. That's the closest thing to death. We are covered and our covers are our sheets. You buried in those covers. Don't you resurrect the next day? You better hope you do. See the death, burial, and resurrection right, right here. That sun sets in that sky it's like a death it's just it's it's so beautiful get get um get the um elementary chart the moses chart please it's like a death when that sun and then it's buried behind the horizon the moses chart behind that horizon and don't it resurrect early in the morning every morning Right. It's, it's right within us. He is showing us his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now he 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 was buried in Joseph's new tomb. Now they died, he died and he was buried in Joseph's new tomb and he resurrected a, a quickening spirit. Now he didn't go, he didn't come up the same way he went down. We have people on, online that has beautiful gardens, vegetable gardens. They have, you know, these beautiful flowers in their gardens. You put that seed in that ground, that little seed in that ground. You bury it. It's buried under that dirt. Don't it resurrect? It resurrects. It don't resurrect as the seed. It resurrects. Whatever you put down, that's what's, that's what's coming up those trees out there shape as wise you know they're threefold too see he did that let's get romans 1 and 19 please he did that to show us that he died he was buried and he resurrected see that's the gospel how he did that and by what name that's that's very important. So Romans one Romans one and nineteen, you know, it, it tells us how the physical things that Yahweh created, including us, were threefold, and it operates by a pattern. So He gave us this physical creation to understand something spirit, which is Himself. So read Roman, Romans one and nineteen, please. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. 
for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and supernal nature, so that they are without excuse. See, we don't have no excuse. His supernal nature. He is showing us his supernal nature. He's threefold. Just for example, water. Let's get the name chart, please. Because even water is threefold. You cannot get outside of the purpose of Yahweh. It don't, I don't care what you think you're doing. Water. It's, the, it's, in, it's in the air, it's like the gaseous state, right now in the air. You can't see it, you can't feel it. But then what happens? It cools down or it warms up, I always get confused, but you have that liquid now. So, and that, and that, wait, that gaseous state is like Yahweh, the pure spirit of Yahweh. Didn't Yahweh take on a shape and form as Elohim? They saw, they saw Elohim. They said they saw him. He had body, it was heaven in his clearness. He had hands, he had feet. Right. So, so as far as water, whatever container or whatever you, you know, use to store that water, it takes on that shape and that form of that container or whatever. Elohim took on a shape and form as the word or son. And then that solid, that liquid, it, it, it freezes, a solid, you can handle it, you can touch it. Then that woman in the Bible say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Y'all, this thing is beautiful. And not only does he, he we, you know, not only is it, you know, the death, the burial and the resurrection, something we go, even the seasons, I was listening to some earlier, y'all, I'm at work, just, I had to just walk off, I had to walk off, because I asked Joshua, I see the five minute bell, I want to see something, I, every day, just please show me something, I'm excited, I want to see you in everything, and he's been doing that, and I have just been like, oh my just just a wonderful, wonderful father. See, even the seasons, get the green chart for me. I'm gonna be running through this because I, I see my five minute bill. See, even the seasons, you know, we about to go into fall. Now I'm talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Yahshua. This is to prove that he existed and that he's existing and that he did these things to show us how he did it and what salvation is, what the gospel is, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah. Fall is coming up. Everything is about to be dead. You know, the tree, the leaves are about to fall, you know, then winter, you know, everything is dead. You know, it's um, the grass is going to turn brown. The trees are going to look all, you know, skinny and like they're, you know, malnourished, <laughs> So that's that, that's that death, you know, then the snow comes and this, you're buried in that snow. We know about that snow. So you have that death and then that burial. And then, you know, here come another season, you know, we have fall, we have winter. And then here comes that spring. Everything comes into fruition, especially in the summer. That shows, and then, you know, that everything, the, the leaves grow, everybody excited to be outside. You know, we resurrected, actually. We can't wait to get outside. We've been in, indoors. We've been buried in our homes from getting away from this cold weather. Right. 
So when that spring comes, the first day is warm. You see everybody outside. <laughs> you see the trees have resurrected or come into fruition. That proves right there that the Savior was not born in the dead of winter. And you got to come back because we can explain that. Just don't have time right now. But Yahshua operates by a pattern. He's given us this physical creation to testify to him. Your body, you have a head cavity, a chest cavity, abdominal region. And then you can explain the blood, water, and the spirit. 42. So you got to come back for that. He's showing us something. You know, so we can continue to build our faith in him, this death, this burial, and this resurrection, that baby that's in that womb, the mother that show of blood, get the green chart, please, that show of blood that comes, that mucus plug comes out, that's a show of blood, that water bag breaks, and the, don't you know that baby comes out, yeah, that spirit, that blood, that water, that spirit, and spirit, and then that baby was in the womb 40 weeks, I know I just had a baby, it was a beautiful experience because I saw Yahshua it right. don't get no better than this he's showing us something and I'm so grateful that he chose me to understand this gospel and to be a son the creator of the world wow I'm just I'm grateful I'm thankful he has done some wonderful things in my life. It's impossible for me to, to give praise to anyone else. But Yahshua, Yahweh through Yahshua. This is a beautiful teaching. Please come back. It's so much to learn. Just know if you have questions, ask because they will be answered. You have to understand who's the teacher. John 14, 26. I want to end with Colossians 1 and um, Colossians 1 and 26, and then I'll be down, please. That's Colossians 1 and 26. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons. Do y'all understand this? Yes. That's why I'm always in tears. <laughs> it has been made manifest to the right. sons. That's right. Continue reading that. Let me come off mute. To whom Yahweh would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Yahweh, I'm sorry, Yahshua in you, the only hope of glory. That's our only hope of glory. He has chosen us and he has unlocked these mysteries right before our eyes. He has caused us to understand him as he really is and actually exists. If anything was said, please, Give all honor and praise to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And before I call on our next speaker, I'd like to take this time to acknowledge and welcome all of our visiting brethren. Uh, we see you and thank you for joining us this evening. And for our next speaker, I'm happy to call on from our Madison, Wisconsin class, 
Dr. Sasha Rakamilovich. Uh, good evening, everyone. Can you good hear evening. me well? Yes, we can. Well, it's, uh, it's good to be with brethren in uh, Southfield uh, class and to share the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. I really uh, enjoyed uh, the remarks of the first uh, speaker. And I think I'm going to continue along the same lines. Uh, before doing that, I wanted to ask if there are new uh, first time visitors here or returning visitors? Not that we can tell, Sasha, no. Okay. Um, well, you know, the gospel has been preached in uh, simplicity uh, by the first speaker. And she brought very important uh, points. You know, in the beginning, uh, quoting Dr. Kinley, the importance of doing the detailed investigation and uh, how to do this investigation. It's uh, not really what they teach in the seminary schools or they teach in the world by Bible uh, scholars, but uh, to teach according to the divine vision and revelation. And what's been shown to Dr. Kinley and what was revealed to him is not different than what was shown to other uh, prophets uh, in the Bible. It was the tabernacle pattern. And that's important to uh, go according to this tabernacle pattern because it, um, uh, it helps in so many ways. Uh, first, you know, without this pattern, we really, uh, cannot know the truth. And the witness to that is the, uh, you know, the world, the Christian world today. If you do some investigation and search on how many different denominations in Christianity, depending on the website, you will find from uh, single digit thousands to like 30,000 of different fractions of Christianity. Now they're using the same Bible, but they uh, contradict uh, to each other. They don't agree with each other and they're different because they don't have the unity uh, of understanding uh, between them. And uh, they don't have this unity. Uh, the, the main reason is because uh, they don't have spiritual understanding or Yahweh didn't show, uh, didn't reveal his purpose to them. They didn't uh, hear the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah being preached as the first speaker went uh, into 1 Corinthians uh, 15th chapter, uh, death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah uh, according uh, to the scriptures according to the witnesses in the law and in the prophets. And they don't uh, have this uh, understanding or contradict to each other because they don't go 
according to this pattern. That's this right. pattern, yeah, this pattern is not uh, recognized uh, in the Christian world as the pattern of uh, how uh, how Yahweh is and really exists. The pattern of our salvation. It's by this pattern we can. Uh, 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 discuss different, uh, you know, questions and uh, so-called contradic uh, uh, contradictions uh, in the Bible, which are not contradictions, but people have problems understanding some uh, places in the Bible because they don't see the purpose and they don't go according uh, to this pattern. And I will try to give uh, the example uh, if I if I have time. Uh, to do that. Uh, now, um, let me uh, show you, you, and uh, I think it was already brought up uh, by the first speaker, but I want to give you uh, some examples uh, how this uh, pattern operates and how we can know about our uh, creator, who he really is, based on this pattern. Now, would it be possible for uh, me to share the screen? Sure, let me do that in one second, Sasha. Thank you. And how much time do I have? So I will know uh, what... You, you have 30 minutes. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see, where are you? There you are, okay. So what I'm going to show, and this is like a basic, uh, uh, what, what we call the basic lecture, uh, I will try to talk about, let me see if I can share. No, it says the host disabled a screen sharing. Dorian, right now. You, you gotta click that uh, when you go to, um, yeah. you gotta click that button for you that says uh, allow others to share. Ah, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Participants. Uh, yep. Let me find yeah. it. Okay. Sorry, Sasha. Hold on one second. No problem. There we go. Okay. Try it now. Yeah, I can do it now. Thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. So, do you see uh, the yes, we PowerPoint mm -hmm. chart? Okay, great. So, that's what I want to uh, talk briefly about, you know, how Yahweh isn't actually exist, or is he unity or Trinity? As we know, the religious world is uh, teaching uh, Trinity. And if you don't uh, accept that God is Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it means according to Christianity, you are a heretic and uh, you are in a cult. Now, what is Trinity? Uh, Trinity, according to the Christian doctrine, is the unity of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit as three different persons in one Godhead. So I'm not going to focus on this uh, slides too much because of the sake of time. Uh, here, um, it's saying that it's uh, the most profound of all mysteries in the Bible is the mystery of the Trinity. Question, how many times the word Trinity is used in the Bible? 
Now the answer is zero. The word Trinity is not used in the Bible. So if we look at the history, how Trinity came about, you know, you can do this investigation and you'll find out that this term came into, in the late of, uh, of a second uh, century by of uh, Theophilus of Antioch. And then by uh, church father like Tertullian and uh, others. So this is the basic uh, Christian, Catholic and other Christian concept of Trinity. So there are three distinct persons in the Godhead. This is the Father, this is the Son, and this is the Holy Spirit. Now the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but they all are God. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And people try to depict this concept of Trinity. This is kind of close to my heart uh, from, uh, from my background standpoint. This is a Russian icon of 15th century, very popular, depicting Trinity as three different persons. A couple centuries later, it's depicted you know, in heaven, you can see the father with a gray beard, the son uh, hanging the cross, apparently a cross made it to heaven as well. And uh, there is a Holy Spirit, as you can see, as the dove. So that's how people in Christianity picture uh, Trinity. And uh, when uh, you look in the Baltimore Catechism, uh, and the question answers there, can we find an example to fully illustrate the mystery of the blessed Trinity? It says, we cannot find an example. How many persons are there in God? There are three divine persons that are really distinct, equal in all things, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The question, can we fully understand how the three divine persons are one and the same God? The answer is, we cannot understand it because this is a mystery. Now, this is a uh, interesting question and even more interesting answer. Is every truth which we cannot understand a mystery? The answer, every truth which we cannot understand is not a mystery, but every revealed truth with no one can understand is a mystery. Now, this is the official Roman Catholic uh, doctrine uh, uh, book or textbook, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you cannot understand it. I mean, if it's a revealed truth, the revealed means to make known. So you cannot make known that nobody can understand. That's right. That's its contradiction within itself. Now, if we look in the Bible, and this is the uh, ultimate uh, proof, you know, it's in the Bible. Dr. Kindy always uh, advised us to go to the Bible to verify any uh, question we have. In Romans 1, 19 and 20, as we all remember, it says, uh, because that's which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shortened unto them, for the invisible things of him, 
from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. I'm reading from uh, King James Version. So they are without excuse. So the Godhead is the supernal nature of uh, God, our creator, or what Christianity is calling Trinity. So according to Paul, there are examples by which we can understand the supernal nature of the creator. What we just read in the Roman Catholic doctrine that we cannot uh, see or find the witnesses for Trinity. Now, the both of the statements are correct. The Romans, uh, Paul saying in Romans is correct because there are examples to illustrate the true nature of uh, our creator. And Roman Catholics are correct saying there are no witnesses for Trinity. Why? Because Trinity is not the true concept, is the false concept. Therefore, there are no witnesses. If there is a truth, there must be witnesses. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying through Paul. Well, let's put it to test. Let's investigate it as Dr. King admonished us to do. So we read in John uh, first chapter, in the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. And this, uh, then it says that this word create everything and the verse 14, it says the word was made flesh. And uh, Dr. Kinley explained to us, which he saw in the vision, that Yahweh uh, or the Father depicted on this chart as a cloud, he is invisible spirit. He is like a pure spirit, which is uh, inscrutable, indiscernible, without any shape and form in abstract state. Then he took on shape and form in part, not in totality, as Yahweh Elohim. This is intermediate form, not flesh and blood, but ghost-like form, which people could see in uh, divine visions, like in Exodus 24th chapter, verse 9 and 10. So this is called Elohim, or Son, or the Word. So in the beginning was this word, and this word was with Yahweh, or with the Spirit, or with the Father, and the word was Yahweh. It was the same Spirit. It's not two different persons as Trinity concept uh, trying to teach us erroneously, but it's one and the same Spirit. And then the same Spirit, or the word, again, in part, not in totality, took on uh, uh, the physical body and worked as Yahshua the Messiah. So this is Yahweh manifested in the flesh, but this is the same spirit and the different manifestations, abstract as the Father, intermediate as the word of Son, and concrete as Yahshua the Messiah. So, and we read in the Bible that Yahweh Al Elohim is uh, unity. So let's get some examples, uh, like in 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes I have. 
So what we're looking at, we're looking at the Yahweh, Elohim, Yashua, and we're looking at the principles, abstract, intermediate, concrete. So if this is true, if this is unity in different manifestations, it has to be reflected in the physical creation and in the Bible. What are these examples? Well, let's take the meaning of the names. Name Yahweh, mean, it's abstract. It means I am or I will be who I will to be. We don't know who Yahweh wills to be at this state. It's abstract. Elohim or Yahweh Elohim, it means Yahweh is almighty, is almighty. That's what Elohim means, almighty. So we know that he wills to be almighty, but we don't know what his might is going to be manifested in, what he is going to, what almighty work he is going to do. Therefore, it's intermediate uh, state as far as name goes. And then Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation or almighty savior. So now it's concrete. So we know that he is going to save his people from their sins. Uh, and it says in uh, Zechariah 14 and 9, and Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. In this day shall there be one Yahweh and his name one. So it's That's not right. three different names, it's one name. So let's take uh, days of creation in the Bible. The first day, again, for the sake of time, we're not reading it, but it's all in the first chapter of Genesis. In the first day, we can read that the earth, it was darkness and the earth was without uh, form and it was void. So it's the principle of abstract, no form. On the second day, we see the water appeared and the water's intermediate state. It's already kind of tangible, but there is no uh, certain shape uh, it can take without a, a proper receptacle. And then the third day, the dry ground appeared. It's already concrete uh, shape and form, testifying to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being an abstract, intermediate, and concrete. Let's go to this pattern. This is a most holy place, holy place, court roundabout, but it's not three separate you know, structures. It's one tabernacle with one function. So the most holy place is covered by the veil. It's dark there all the time. So therefore, in principle, it's abstract to, you know, to the people see what's going on in there. The holy place, it's uh, 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 covered, you know, by this veil between the court roundabout and the holy place. And this veil was moved with the wind. So people can peek in there and then it would be closed again. So it's kind of intermediate state. And court roundabout, people can walk in there. So it was open. Everybody could see what's going on in the court roundabout. Again, testifying 
to our Heavenly Father in abstract, intermediate, concrete. Uh, uh, take uh, even the court roundabout in this tabernacle uh, testifying to, uh, to the same principles. And we can read about it in First John 5 and 7. There are three which bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, uh, and the uh, Holy Spirit. And there are three which bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. And Spirit is abstract, water intermediate, and blood is uh, uh, concrete. Man, so if you look at the tabernacle of man, we have the similar principles, brain, we cannot see the brain because it's all within this bone structure. So it would be like abstract. The chest cavity is uh, kind of protected with the bone from the front, from the sides, from the back, but not from beneath where is diaphragm. So it's an intermediate uh, state. And abdomen, there is no bone structures really uh, protecting the abdomen, so it would be concrete. So I, I'm, I'm just trying to show you the witness after witness after witness. The man is the spirit, soul, and the body. The same principle. The uh, function of man is like thought, word, and deed. Thought is abstract, word is intermediate, and the deed is concrete, we can see the deed. The time, future, nobody knows what's going to be in the future. It's abstract, present, it's intermediate, because as soon as I say something, it's not present anymore, it's the future. And uh, past is concrete, you can have videos, you can have photographs, it can be documented, it's concrete. States of matter, as it was uh, talked about before, gas, liquid, and solid. And the good example of it is water. Gas, vapor, abstract, your uh, inter intermediate state, it's uh, water, liquid, and in concrete state, this water is taken shape and form. It's very important that if you take this, uh, molecule of H2O in gaseous state and label it, for example, with radioactive isotope. And then you uh, take uh, this uh, vapor and uh, uh, cool it down so it becomes water and then freeze it so it will become ice. The same isotope which was in the gas will end up in water and wealth end up in ice, which disproves the erroneous concepts of Trinity of three separate persons. It's showing it's the same molecule. The same molecule can be in three different state. That's what this scientific experiment shows. Now, uh, Yahweh in his wisdom uh, showing even more proofs with water. And why water is so important? Because it's Romans 1, 19 and 20, physical reveals spiritual, and the water is most abundant uh, substance on the face of the earth. 
So you know that Yahweh operates with two witnesses. And uh, there are two witnesses he is using in this uh, case as a temperature. Like there are two scales of uh, temperature in centigrade, so Celsius, and in Fahrenheit. So in what uh, temperature, and already shown on, on this uh, slide, uh, the water turns into ice if we use Celsius. It's in zero degrees Celsius, water turns into ice. Now, what degrees do you know ice turns back into water? In, uh, in Fahrenheit. 33. That's correct. 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Why it's uh, important? Because it's testifying to our Heavenly Father. Because this uh, ice would be likened to Yahshua or Yahweh in a physical body. And water would be likened to the state of Elohim. Now, Elohim, Word or Son took on physical body and we start counting years from this year. It's arbitrarily zero or AD after birth of Yahshua. And what year Yahshua, uh, after his death, burial, resurrection, ascended back to the Father or became Elohim or in the state of the because he resurrected as a spiritual body, 33 AD. So the water testifies you know, to what we read uh, in the Bible. Now I have like uh, uh, five minutes left uh, or 10, I don't know. You but have 15 I want... minutes, Dr. McRollovich. Oh, yeah. Or even 15, then I see if there are more examples there. So even the molecule of water shows you know, similar thing, it's like three in one, but it's one molecule. It's like oxygen atom likened to Yahweh with two manifestations or two hydrogen atoms uh, here. Uh, let's take the example of the creator because Yahweh is the creator. Let's take example of any physical creator, it can be Shakespeare, can be anybody else. So Shakespeare is a creator and in this state, he is abstract. We don't know what he can uh, 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 create because he is an author of many different books or plays, as we know. But then he decided to write a play, let's say Romeo and Juliet. And in this state, he, uh, he would be likened to uh, Yahweh taking uh, a shape and form of Elohim or formulating the purpose and uh, Shakespeare playing the play, it would be like Elohim creating, creating the uh, creation. But uh, back then at his time, we really didn't know what was happening in this play. And the same Shakespeare, who also was an actor, he would play in this play, like the, uh, the title role of Romeo, and then we can know what's happening. But it's the same person, Shakespeare, who didn't create anything at some particular time in the state of rest. 
the Shakespeare who is a writer, the Shakespeare who is an actor, it's the same person, but it's abstract, intermediate, concrete principles testifying right. that our uh, creator is one. So for the sake of time, I'll skip this explanation that Yashu is the Holy Spirit. We can read it in uh, John 14th chapter. I want to ask, people ask, who, who cares? Whether it's unity, whether it's trinity, why, why is it so important? Well, in John 17 and three, we read that this is life eternal, that they might know uh, the only true Yahweh and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou have sent. Now in Romans 1, 19 and uh, uh, 20, as we already read, it says that the physical things, so what Yahweh created is uh, reflecting uh, his uh, uh, invisible principles. So we can know our physical father by uh, what he made. Now we all remember the scripture, John 3, 16. For Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now let's use the scripture and think about the concept of Trinity. So Yahweh, the father, so loved the world that he gave his only son. He sent his only son to die. So, for me, when I read it, I would see, I would think that he loved the world more than he loved his son. But then Bible is telling me that now we can be called the sons of Yahweh and I have some doubts about my physical, my spiritual father because he didn't even love his only begotten son that he sent him to die. I mean, if you use Romans 1, 19 and 20, I would, if somebody is in jeopardy, somebody is drowning, for example, I would not tell my son, go and jump to save this person, you know, but I would do it myself and say, right. you know, don't do it because that's what love is. Mm. It's a sacrificial love. You do it yourself and you spare someone you love. So from the Trinity standpoint, which is depicted here, it doesn't make sense. You know, I cannot believe, you know, the creator because I cannot understand it based on Romans 1, 19 and 20. However, based on the truth that Yahweh created everything and he put people in jeopardy, not to send somebody else to save his people or us, but he himself took on this physical body and suffered on the cross, the death of the outcast dog to save us from you know, this state and condition because of his love. That's how his love is demonstrated that he done it himself for us, not sending someone else 
like second or third person. Uh, so that's, you know, important. That's how we can know that he, uh, you know, that he uh, loves us. So let me uh, stop sharing the screen if I remember how to do it, which I may not. So how can we, uh, I have yeah, several minutes left. I want to give you an example how this pattern helps to resolve some uh, uh, issues with Christianity, conceptual issues. Because we read the first uh, 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 speaker brought up Matthew 3, uh, 13, when Yahshua when, was baptized, uh, uh, by John the Baptist. He said, let us uh, suffer it so, John, to fulfill all righteousness. So in Christianity, they take the scripture and give it 180 degrees opposite meaning. That's not Yahshua is fulfilling water baptism, but he is instituting water baptism. Now, when you tell them, and I know because I have almost daily discussions with Russian Christians online about um, the true gospel. So I know what they think and what they say. So when you tell them, look, John the Baptist was baptized before Yasha, so he cannot institute something he didn't start. They say, well, John the Baptist baptized people before, but it was baptism of repentance. And what Jesus instituted is the Christian water baptism. And uh, what it means, if you go to uh, the example when they baptized Cornelius, uh, not baptized, when uh, uh, Peter preached to Cornelius and Cornelius being Gentile and his household received the Holy Spirit. So then after that, Peter told them to be water baptized. Therefore, Christianity decided that's what it means after people accepted Jesus as the personal savior, because that's the uh, short version of the gospel. You just have to make a decision to accept Jesus. But after that, you have to be water baptized as the symbol to the outside world. And they based it on the Bible. And if you don't know the pattern, if you just see the Bible, you can say, well, that's what happened with Cornelius. But actually it's not what happened with Cornelius. And it's not what was uh, the Bible is uh, teaching. And I want to give you an example. I want to, to show you this rather. Let's go to Acts second chapter and start reading with verse 34. So Peter, after receiving the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he is uh, 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 preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Acts 2, first verse. 34. 34. That's Acts 2 and 34. For David is not ascended into heavens, into the heavens, but he saith himself, 
Yahweh said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thou foes thy footstool. Yeah, I'm there? sorry, I will, I will interrupt you uh, for a second. And that was in the scripture reading in Matthew 22nd chapter in the end mm -hmm. of the scripture reading. And it's pretty much saying that, you know, Yahshua is uh, the son of Yahweh. So they are uh, the one. But uh, Peter is preaching about Yahshua the Messiah. That's the point I want to make. Continue on, please. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assertively that Yah Yahweh hath made the, that same Yahshua whom you have crucified, both King and Messiah. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be immersed, every one of you in the name of Yahshua the Messiah for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's, I'm sorry, that's what I wanted. That's what Peter is uh, telling the people what they need to do. And he's going according to this pattern because the pattern dictates, and the first speaker was talking about it. If this is in the tabernacle, this is everywhere. This is death, burial, resurrection. So he's telling them, repent or admit you are spiritually dead. You are in your sin. So you, they have to ad admit you know, that they're spiritually dead. They either have to be baptized or immersed or buried in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, he said. Uh, and uh, then they receive uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, death, burial, resurrection, blood, water, spirit. That's the path. Now, the uh, Christians uh, interpret it as you have to repent and then baptize in water, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's see what happened with Cornelius. Acts 10, and start reading with verse uh, 42. You have three minutes. Thank you. I'm, I'm finishing. Acts 10 and 42. And he right. commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify. I'm sorry. So, yeah, sorry. Peter is preaching mm -hmm. to Cornelius right now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, pick it up again, please. Mm -hmm. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained by Yahweh to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because on other nationalities also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify Yahweh. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid, forbid water that these should not be immersed, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be immersed in the name of Yahshua. 
Then pray they him to tarry certain days. Right. So what happened is that uh, uh, Gentiles, Cornelius and Gentiles, they're spiritually dead. Uh, Peter is preaching them the gospel. Then they received the Holy Spirit. And then Peter tells them to be water baptized. So it sounds they have death, resurrection, burial. Cannot be. Because it's, a, it's a, against the pattern. The pattern cannot be broken. That's right. And it, and it yeah. is not broken because the Cornelius and Gentiles are spiritually dead. And then the, they are immersed or baptized in the name of Yahshua the Messiah or mm -hmm. in the gospel, not in the physical water, but in the spiritual water. Yes. And then they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit exactly according to the pattern. What happens next is Peter just didn't know at that time yet that the physical water baptism uh, is not valid uh, anymore because you know people did it for so many uh, years at that time. So he said, let's, let's do it. But then we read in, a, in 11th chapter, we don't have time to do it. Yasha mm -hmm. brought to his remembrance that uh, he said that uh, uh, John baptized you with water, but uh, he, Yasha, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then, according to Dr. Kinley, uh, Peter withdraw his request to baptize Gentiles in water. But even the, if they were baptized with water or not, it's irrelevant because it's spiritual operation. You'll be spiritually dead, you repent, you're baptized in the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, and we are uh, saved by receiving the Holy Spirit or faith in operation of Yahweh's purpose. So mm -hmm. thank you for your attention. Praise be to Yahshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Rakamilovich. And for our last speaker, we're happy to call on the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. I first wanna start off by saying that I've enjoyed the previous speakers. And uh, the reason for that is because they went right down to the depths of this teaching. And they covered some of the topics that the world is just totally ignorant of or just flat out unconscious of. Now, we also know and have to readily admit that it is not something that they came up with on their own. In other words, they weren't just book scholars that just studied and studied and studied and it all came together and made sense. The knowledge that they brought forth and delivered unto us is this knowledge that was given to our founder and Dean Emeritus, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, and to other prophets as listed in the Bible and the scriptures, other individuals in this creation, through a vision and a revelation directly from the, the, from the Father himself or Yahweh. Because who else knows any more about Yahweh and his purpose than Yahweh himself? And since Yahweh in his high and lofty state, which is depicted on this chart that you're looking at as the cloud, 
See, in this high and lofty state, this is the state of existence Yahweh was in when he conceived the ideal of taking on shape and form and bringing forth a physical creation. Now, that state is pure, immaculate spirit, pure in the sense that at that time of existence, Yahweh was nothing but spirit. Nothing existed but Yahweh himself in that spirit state. Immaculate in this sense, that there was no guile or nothing negative found in him. See, so Yahweh in this pure spirit, immaculate state of existence, conceived the ideal of a physical creation. So that necessitated that Yahweh, in order to bring forth a physical creation in shape and form, had to first take on shape and form himself. And that was necessary because the creation wasn't made by him by some material existing somewhere else, but Yahweh himself took on shape and form to bring forth the, cre the physical creation right outside of himself. That's why the physical creation is a fingerprint of the unity of the spirit. You yourself or us as individuals are a fingerprint and fingerprints are best for what? What do they use fingerprints for? To identify someone. All fingerprints are unique to that individual. No two people have the same fingerprint. So that's manifesting simply this, that there's absolutely no one that knew or understood anything about Yahweh in his pure spirit state after he took on shape and form and manifested as, Yashua, as a, uh, Yahweh Elohim and later on manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah. Absolutely no one knew and understood what Yahweh was doing. No one was able to research, examine, get outside of that pure spirit state of existence to look back on it, to see what he was doing way back before there was even time. Yahweh purposed this and put it in motion in the realm of eternity when there wasn't even any time. So if you don't have time, you don't have a measuring rod to indicate any kind of motion. So what Yahweh knowing this, what Yahweh had to do in order to manifest his physical creation was to manifest or transition or transmutate from that pure spirit state to that shape and form of Yahweh Elohim. And we just went over that the other night in class and Dr. Kinley mentioned it, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a few times who this Yahweh Elohim, and the Elohim is a plural title, meaning more than one. <clears throat> this is the us, let us, that's talked about in Genesis. Now, I never understood that, and I've never met anyone that can explain what that us was other than using the principles of the triune or the Trinitarian concept. That's one of the reasons probably the Trinitarian concept came about.
because mankind, see, in his willingness to try to equal himself with Yahweh, see, trying to manifest and display his high intellect, higher than the animals, higher than inanimate objects and things like that, came up with this. That's the only way you can get to us. You have to have a separation. But now we have all we have to do after coming and sitting under this vision, all we have to do is just look at ourselves. We are a walking, living, breathing example of the unity of the spirit. And we never were not conscious of it. So Yahweh had to manifest himself in the flesh as Yahshua Messiah and just come down here and get us and elevate us to the state where we can see the unity of the spirit as opposed to a Trinitarian concept. Now, Yahweh had to give you that. You didn't figure that out on your own. See, you weren't able to find, there was no book in existence. See, but that was able to make you see that just by writing it down. So what Yahweh does, as he always has done with every last one of his children that have come to understand how Yahweh really is and actually exists. Yahweh manifesting through Yahshua Messiah. So he just had to come down and get them and elevate the understanding. Had to take them right out of this physical realm because of all the distractions, because all the colossal ignorance that you're enveloped in in this physical creation. Listening to what mankind says, listening to what this man says. And you little wonder and we wonder why we walked around all our lives so confused. You wonder why Christendom is so confused about the creator and his purpose? It's because they listening to another created item. So now a rock can't tell you nothing about the unity of the spirit because they can't talk. And that's all we are tuned to is what somebody says to us. We take and spend most of our day trying to digest garbage that someone brings to us. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Go to work some days. And all you hear is some wasteful physical stuff that is really of no value to you. I don't need anybody to tell me if I don't come to work, I won't get paid. I don't figure that out already. But that's all you get from in the world. You get physical, carnal things. And most of the time, it's not even pleasant things to listen to. So by being encounced in that, see, under that all the time, we can't even elevate ourselves. We're to the point now that we have been so bombarded with the physical carnal ignorance of mankind that we can't even figure out what the truth is. We don't know. There's an example you see in the world right now. See, people don't know what the truth is. See, and the ones that do know what the truth is, some of them won't accept it. Why? Because it doesn't fit their agenda that them being something or mounting to something. So Yahweh know, knowing this, in the deed of great love and mercy for his offspring, and that's what you are. You are his offspring. See, so then Yahweh came down himself, just like you would do. Now, when my daughter-in-law was speaking first, did an excellent job. Now, you heard that baby in the background, didn't you? Now, 
if that was a radio, she put it probably threw something at it and, and knocked it off the table so it was stop making noise so she could keep talking. But since you have been imbued with philoprogenitiveness, see, from the creator toward your offspring, now she didn't do nothing to that baby, just calmed him down, patted him down a little bit, and didn't miss a beat. See, that's what happens when you're a parent with young kids, you learn how to maneuver around them. See, but because of that love of her offspring, even though he was being disruptive, he didn't, she knows that why. Why would you not discipline that baby? Because that child was innocent. So the love, her love for her offspring allowed her to just tolerate and put up with it. And that's what Yahweh did for you until you came and sent under this vision and revelation. See, he just tolerated our ignorance, saved us from our own stupidity, saved us when we thought the best thing for us to do was start taking drugs to solve our problems. Then Yahweh delivered many of us up from that. See, the best thing we thought we could do is go out and get a higher education and then we'll make enough money and that'll solve all of our problems. Now Yahweh delivered you from that. See, so we're where we are now out of the grace of Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. And don't ever get that wrong, folks. Don't let what Yahweh's shown you in this teaching, in this gospel, by this vision, don't let it go to your head that you are somebody. You're Yahweh's offspring. You are his children. He is the father. You are going to be obedient to the father one way or the other. Either you are going to resurrect unto salvation or you're going to resurrect unto damnation. And that's what Yahweh said. And he's the father. And that's what's going to happen to you, one or the other. It's as simple as that, folks. It's time for us to start becoming very, very serious about this great gospel that Yahweh has placed in front of us through Yahshua the Messiah. So now we have to start living it just like we start we talking it, see? So it's just like when you're a child, see? See, first you learn to walk. Then you learn to run. I see the, I see the five-minute bell. Then you learn to run, see? Then you learn to run faster, see? And then after you learn to run faster, what do you do? You build some endurance. See, that allows you to continue on to, to run for a long distance and not get weary and not lost. That's what we have to do in the gospel. Now it's time. It's a marathon race, folks. It's not a sprint. See, it's not a one in here and say, oh, I see the name of Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, and I'm going to run out and tell the world that the name is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, and I've done my duty, and that's it. No, you have to know, you don't have to just know that Yahweh delivered you from death, hell, and the grave. You have to know how he's delivered you from death, hell, and the grave. And this is why. Because if you don't know how he does it, then what good is it for you to have been delivered from it? We don't know. If you don't know why Yahweh delivered you, Yahweh delivered you from death, hell, and the grave so that he can receive your 
thankfulness and your praise to honor him for the high and lofty age, the one and only potent that ever existed. He deserves that praise, he desires that praise. And our responsibility is to elevate Yahweh to the position that he truly holds in this teaching, in the world. So we have to put Yahweh where he is and where he's at. And that's how you don't get rewards. You get no reward in your life ever if you don't ever accomplish anything. So if you don't do something to accomplish something, if you don't accomplish something, they don't give you a, a reward for being a loser. Second place is not necessarily a loser. So you have to earn something. And the way we earn it is we simply just be, listen, it's way easier than earning your living like you do now physically. All we have to do is believe on him that Yahweh sent. And to start with that, you have to know who he's talking about. You have to know his name first. Jesus Christ is not it. Yahshua, the Messiah, is who your true Savior is. And anyone that's listening that has never heard that name before, you just keep attending these classes. You will be elevated in your heart and your mind, and it'll move you to a position where you might be saved. Thank you. I appreciate the time, and I hope somebody got something out of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This brings an end to this evening's class. We would like to thank all of our speakers, uh, our visiting brethren, and all participants for joining us this evening. We hope that everyone was edified and asked that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and ever, let us all say, hallelujah. Hallelujah.